All right, and welcome back to another episode of Who's Lifting Today? We are here with Adrian Hergesheimer. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, we're going to be talking about misinformation online. There's a lot of fitness and nutrition content online. Some of it's good, some of it's uh, not so good. And I brought Adrian on here because she's really good at pointing that out on like her main pages. And I think she does a really good job of explaining where like misinformation goes wrong or like when people aren't being maybe as honest as they should be. Uh, Adrian, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me back. I'm really excited. I am too. This is a this is a topic that I think like anybody who works in the fitness industry is very aware about. And there's a lot of problems that exist, but we can kind of talk about how to deal with those today. Uh, for the people who didn't see you in the previous podcast episode where we talked about how to be healthy without losing weight, can you just like quickly introduce yourself, kind of like what you do and like also where you find that you deal with the most misinformation? I know that you're on a few platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a personal trainer with two degrees in nutrition. Uh, my master's is in uh, focus in obesity and on my platforms with TikTok and Instagram mostly. I like to put out educational information, but also I do a lot of debunking of misinformation and talking about a lot of the viral things that people think they need to do for their health or their fitness and talking about why they're wrong. Um, so I do that a lot more on TikTok than Instagram. Uh, I started doing it on Instagram, but I found that TikTok has a lot more of it that goes very viral. So I started doing it on there more. Yeah, that's what I've noticed, like, just as like, I am on TikTok, but like, I barely use it as a like, a, for putting out content. But I've really noticed that too, that TikTok has a lot of pretty iffy information. And what I like about what your page does is that you seem to explain really well, like why this is misinformation in the first place. And like, how do you approach it when someone has misinformation online? Um, let's say that it's just someone who's putting out misinformation about like how to lose weight, or it's about like, you know, something that will detox or cleanse you or whatever it might be. Um, how do you like to approach that misinformation as like a person with like a decently large platform online? Um, so first I think it's really important to think about what is the worst that can happen from this misinformation and what is the potential benefit? So let's take something like, um, like detoxing. You mentioned detoxing. What's the worst thing from drinking, say, lemon water? That's like a really popular one. The worst thing is maybe you're a little bit more hydrated and you drink some lemon water that maybe you don't really like very much. And if it's not so much of something that's going to hurt someone, maybe I'll message the person and be like, hey, I noticed you said this and I love to talk about it with you. Um, but if it's something that can potentially be harmful or mislead people in a dangerous way, that's when I like to say something public and on my platform. So I try to only address the things that are one, very viral and two, potentially harmful. Gotcha. And could you give us like an example of that? I mean, like we can, we can talk about big water if we really want to. I mm -hmm. think that would be, um, for some context, there was, um, a guy who I think is pretty safe to say puts out a lot of misinformation online. I forget his name. Um, but Ricky. he talks a lot about, uh, big and small water and, um, Adrian very understandably pointed out some like misconceptions and just like some falsehoods that this person had. And I, 
invited him on the podcast actually to like I messaged him I like sent him I I tried to reach out as much as I could with like what he had available and was like hey like if you want to come on and here and like I'll host a debate between you and Adrian if there's truly a misconception here I never got back it would have been the debate of a lifetime um, where we could talk about big and small water but is is that kind of an example that you would say is harmful and that's why you reached out or um, was it was there more to it that one is a little, a little bit more to it because one, he was also in a multi-level marketing company, which is more financially harmful for people. And I don't like seeing people being taken advantage of or losing sure. their hard-earned money. Um, MLMs tend to prey on people who are more vulnerable and I don't like seeing that. Um, but also he was making health claims that maybe aren't potentially directly physically harmful, but monetarily harmful, trying to sell his thousands of dollars uh, machines that are unnecessary. Um, and that's probably another thing I should have added on to why I like to attack these kinds of things, because people get really lost in what they need to do to benefit their health and change their nutrition, change their lives, their fitness. Um, when it's really, they're making it more complicated really than it needs to be. Um, so that is kind of why I, I decided to debunk his claims. Um, for anyone who didn't see that debacle, he was claiming that his water is the only water that can hydrate people. And so I said, well, that's not really true because why aren't we seeing people who are in the hospital with severe dehydration? Uh, he never answered that for me, but <laughs> um, that's the kind of thing where it's like people get so lost and, and they're spending their hard-earned money on this machine that costs thousands of dollars when really they could just drink water that they enjoy drinking. Yeah, no, I thought that like, I thought the claims, I did watch some of his videos and some of the claims were like pretty amazing um, <laughs> in terms of like what water was bad or good for you. And I think something as like basic as water that we're like starting to demonize that now is pretty scary. Um, that like, there just seems to be no realm that like, okay, we know this for sure now. And then we see like big water come out and then we see all this kind of jazz. I would love to like, on, on your opinion, cause like you have, I guess like debunked a bunch of people now online. And, and I like to think like of the ones that I've seen, it's been like pretty respectful too. Like, I don't feel like you um, do it in kind of a harsh way, unless like the person doesn't give you the respect back, in which case it's totally fair. Um, do you feel like these, I would love to talk about like the motives of these people. Like, is this, do you think it's intentional where they like, they know they're lying and are just like, you know, putting out snake oil, like aware that they're not giving up proper information or are these people who maybe believe it themselves. And so they put it out into the content, but now they, but like, I would love to know, like, do you think it's intentional or do you think these are just people who like maybe need to do more research before like advocating as themselves as an expert online? Yeah, that's the hard thing to answer here. Um, and to be honest, I don't know. I don't, I don't know people's intentions. I think there's two classes of people. There are the people who are being intentionally deceptive. And those are usually the people who are like really big online, like the medical medium. He makes a lot of money through all the information that he puts out. I think he's being intentionally deceptive and um, people like him, you know, they're like snake says salesmen. And then there's the people who learn a little bit about the topic, about fitness or health. And then they just really drastically overestimate their ability compared to their actual ability. 
Um, so that's where I talk a lot about like the Dunning-Kruger effect where people who learn a little bit tend to be really overly confident, whereas experts tend to underestimate their abilities. Um, and I'm sure you've experienced this as you were becoming a coach. Like I know I experienced it in my bachelor's degree in nutrition. I thought, you know, I knew so much after a few classes of nutrition. And then as I got more and more knowledgeable, I realized, oh my God, there's so much, there's so much that I don't know. And there's so much we don't have answered yet. Um, so yeah, the more you know, the more you're aware of what you don't know. Exactly. And so people who don't, there's people who don't know what they don't know, if that makes sense. (laughs) I gotcha. Yeah. And and I think like for them, like, I think like the way you did it, like messaging them and like getting to talk to them, I would love to know how that tends to go, by the way, because I feel like you have to be very careful with if someone's just, you know, maybe just misinformed or someone is putting out information, not with bad intent, but genuinely think that they're helping. I'd be curious as to like how you like to approach because the people who are, you know, selling the snake oil stuff, like obviously they, they, they have bad intent from the get go, like sending them a message, telling them that they're wrong probably isn't going to do too much. Right. Um, for the people who maybe have good intent, but are just misinformed, how do you like to approach that? Do you have like a strategy or is it more on a case by case basis? Um, I would say case by case. Generally, I have had good feedback. I've had a few people just block me, which is fine. Uh, they're sure. totally allowed to, but um, generally I would come into the inbox and say, hey, I have a background in nutrition, kind of explain who I am and say, hey, I saw you put out this video. I would love to talk about it some more. Uh, and maybe we could talk about the things that haven't been considered um, or that they haven't considered. And usually okay. people are pretty open to it as long as, you know, I don't come in there trying to attack them and call out them being wrong right away. Um, but one comes to mind right now when someone was trying to tell other people to take this diet pill um, that is probably not very safe for just anyone to take it. It's supposed to be under doctor supervision and her video went viral and I let her know like, Hey, there, these are some considerations that just, you know, be careful because people saw her very dramatic before and after pictures. And, you know, that's very convincing for people who maybe don't understand the science behind weight loss. And um, she was, she was pretty receptive to it. And she, well, I don't know, she could have been messaging people so that I couldn't see the comments. Um, So there's, that's a problem, but she stopped making the videos after that, from what I could see, unless she hit him. I don't know. Um, right. But yeah, I would say, I mean, most people are, are pretty, if they aren't doing it on purpose, like a lot of people do really want to learn and don't want to harm other people. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think like sometimes there's just like misinformation that exists out there. I think there's also like, there's the first person who puts out the information, right? There's the people who believe that misinformation and then will post about it on their own platforms. You know, that second person mm-hmm. I think has good intent, but just learn from the wrong source. Like that's like, like that's a person who just believed the snake oil and therefore is putting it out. But I don't think that person is like inherently bad. Um, I like the way that you go into it where, you know, you're going to express like why it's wrong and like kind of go into that. But I, I kind of agree. If you just go into someone's DMs and like giving them bad intent and like calling them out, like obviously like I would block that person too. Like if someone gave me my DMs and was clearly like, was just there to yell at me i like also probably wouldn't respond uh if that was the situation um one thing i wanted to ask you about actually is 
a lot of these algorithms, like this was both on like TikTok and Instagram, et cetera, um, how they get viral, how they become viral is it's just kind of based on like likes, comments, shares, like the most engagement it has, the more it'll be pushed to a bigger audience kind of idea. I think one of the concerns I always have is that if I'm responding to some kind of content or like I, le- or like I do a stitch on TikTok or I do, is that I would be indirectly moving that to a higher audience or potentially like by attempting to debunk, like let's say Big Water as an example, I might indirectly give him more of an audience because the algorithm will be like, all right, well, let's move him to more people now because people seem to really like this interaction. Like the algorithm doesn't distinguish between like what was a nice comment, what was a not nice comment. Like um, I would love to know kind of your thoughts on that. Is that something you consider or do you just respond to the most viral stuff because it affects the most people? Yeah, I think when I first started doing this, I felt that way. I was like, I don't want to give, <laughs> I don't want to give this attention. But what I came to realize is that ignoring it isn't going to help. And right. that's why I also only do the things that would go really viral because most likely people have already seen it or heard about it in some way, even if it's from like a friend or something. And right. if I can interrupt that cycle because my audience really isn't the people who already strongly believe it or the person who put it out. My audience are the people who are kind of on the fence or have heard about it, but they're not really sure, or they're like kind of trying it out or whatever. Um, If I can get in there and say, hey, this narrative that you heard is wrong for these reasons. And here's my evidence that this other narrative is more consistent with reality. That's what you have to do to kind of debunk it because it's not enough to just say hey that's wrong this is right because it's not just about them having the wrong facts they have a different narrative that's different from reality yeah so yeah I I think that's good to consider that 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 makes a lot of sense that if something is already so viral that you're not really further platforming it because it's already at like probably the highest level so that like makes a lot of sense that like you would pick the things that like are already a problem you're not like further creating a problem that makes sense Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about as well is like, so for someone who I think we can, we can find this information pretty easily just because of like the background, because of our education as like an example, like, so we can kind of tell when things are misinformation for the most part for someone who doesn't have that background, like they, they didn't do it. They didn't, they don't have the degrees. They don't have that background and that knowledge what would you recommend? Like, how can they realize if this is something that is legit and something that they should incorporate into their own lives, or if this is something that they should ignore or not listen to? Do you have tips or ideas on like how to get there? I think like for me, and again, like I'm not blaming these people. Like this is kind of how I feel every time, you know, someone on TikTok, there's like a crypto guru where like, I know so little about crypto that like, I don't know if this is legit or not. Like, this is one of those things. I feel like it might be the opposite for someone who like doesn't come from the fitness background. Do you have tips that you would help them out with? Oh yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a great example. I love that you said that about crypto because nobody is an expert in everything. So this is only going to apply to the fitness and nutrition industry because I can't tell you how to point out misinformation in any other field but no, no one should I... listen to me about crypto either i should be very clear on <laughs> if i do a crypto episode no one should no one should tune in anyways i go ahead exactly so see that's one thing that actually i do want to point out when someone has the unwillingness to be wrong or is hostile towards critics 
that's an issue. That's a red flag that you should stop and think about what that person is telling you. Because no matter who you are online, if you're putting out information, there's always going to be critics. I get them. I'm sure probably you have gotten them. And the way that people, yeah, it it comes up. It's just bound to happen. Um, The way that people deal with that is what is really telling about how much of an expert they are. Because you and I know that we don't know everything about fitness or nutrition. And I'm willing to be wrong. I have been wrong in the past and I've explained why I've been wrong in the past um, in previous like posts on Instagram. Um, But when somebody is so married to their idea and their conclusion, it's usually a pretty good red flag that they either one, don't know how to consider other information and how it fits into the narrative, or they just flat out only want to want to see things that confirm their bias. Right. Yeah. Can you actually, can we talk about confirmation bias for a second? Cause I think that's something that even people in the coaching industry can like fall into. I try really hard um, for it not to be the case, but like, I, I would also say that I'm not even immune to this. So like, let's talk about that as well for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the most important thing here is to realize that everyone has confirmation bias. Nobody is ever immune to any kind of bias. Um, but realizing that is the first step to trying to minimize it as much as possible. Um, so confirmation bias basically is you already have this preconceived notion or belief, and you only look for things that agree with that belief. So it's pretty much working backwards from a conclusion that you have. So let's take like, let's take like the water thing, for example, that big water guy, he's only going to look for information that confirms the things that he's saying. And this is kind of like a self-preservation thing that humans have. It's just kind of like our natural tendency to do. So I'm not saying anybody is bad for, for doing this, right? It's just a human thing. Um, no, it's a human, yeah, yeah. No one should feel bad about this. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I do this too, where like I, I try really hard not to, but you know, if there's a study that like points to a thing that I already agree on, I'm much more likely to be like, yeah, this is legit. And like, you know, vice versa, right? So I, I try really hard not to, but like for every everybody has this to some degree. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like when you do come across a study that confirms the things that we know, like the water guy, everything else that disagrees with you is going to seem like you can explain it away in somehow, like, but you're automatically doing it in your head. And sometimes it's subconscious. Sometimes you don't realize that you're doing it. Um, So I think one of the really important things to do is that if you have this preconceived notion, you don't exactly know if it is confounded in facts um, or founded in facts, try to prove yourself wrong. That's one way to combat this confirmation bias is trying to prove yourself wrong and look for the things that falsify your belief. Yeah, I actually, I think that's a good life thing as well, because it's one of those things that's like, if you want to make sure that you're definitely right trying to prove yourself wrong is actually like kind of the way to do it. Because if there's a critique about something about your style of training or like what you believe in, you've already tried to prove yourself wrong. So like, that's something that you've probably already addressed and have a good answer towards. And I think like, you're right. Like the misinformation people very much are like everything that confirms their bias is great. And everything that doesn't confirm their bias is like not real science. And I think like that happens, Mm -hmm. that happens a lot. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. What um, else would uh, people, what else can people like someone see something like maybe they see, you know, we're going to use big water. He's going to take a real hit in this episode, but uh, you see, you see big water and you're like unsure about like, if this is legit or not, like, do I need to change my water intake? Do I need to buy his, you know, thousand dollar machine? Like how can they know if they're unsure that this is information or not, misinformation or not? Okay. So there's a couple of things that would apply to him and most information or misinformation in this field. So someone who claims that they have some kind of big secret that no other scientist or no other expert has, only they have it. That's a huge red flag <laughs> because what is the probability that they are the only person who knows this information and they haven't won a Nobel prize? <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say, they'd be so famous. <laughs> We'd all know who they are. Like if someone really exactly. had like, the magic fat loss pill that Sony will like, we're not going to hear about them on like a trending Twitter video. Like they're a billionaire. Like we, mm-hmm. they're a household, they're a household name. Like we all know who they are. Uh, I think that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. So that one. And then also when people use overly scientific jargon or buzzwords that grab people's attention, um, that's usually a red flag. Of course, sometimes you can't get away with not using scientific words, but the person should be able to explain it in simple terms also. So like being in the fitness industry, there's, you know, like progressive overload. That's a really big buzzword right now. I know on TikTok, but can you actually explain what it is <laughs> or are you just using it? Cause you know, it's popular. Yeah. It's kind of like a lot of these words like originally came from a good place and then are so loosely used. Progressive overload is a great example of that because I think people, um, you should be able to explain what that is in very simple terms, uh, which if you can't, then like it runs into a problem. Like when I explain progressive overload, my basic concept is that it's strategically making something more difficult so that your body can readapt and become stronger over time. And that can be done with time over tension, increasing weight on the bar. Um, but I, I wouldn't add like more scientific terms onto that. So that's a good one as well. I appreciate that. Yeah, I like that one because it, it's usually pretty apparent when somebody's using big words, because they sound good, they sound catchy, they sound exciting. This is how um, I feel but... about words like <laughs> detox and cleanse and all this like like very buzz, like detox. So if anyone like uses the word detox or like removes toxins, in my head, I'm like, this is snake oil, like almost immediately. Maybe that's my confirmation bias. But at this point, like the words like cleanse or detox or talk, like all of those words have like totally been ruined for me. And mm-hmm. I like maybe that yeah, maybe that's like a bias I need to work on, but uh, there's that's a, those are like the classic buzzwords that I hear all the time. Yeah, it, and that's fair. I think I think that's fair. <laughs> um, they've they've, been, they've of, been ruined forever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of related to that, I think, is when people use the words always and never to make claims about like you should never do this movement or you should never eat this food. That's a red flag. Definitely. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if you can think of any absolutes in fitness, but I can. I can maybe think of like a couple in nutrition. And... Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I, I'm kind of of the mind that I think everyone should be strength training. Uh, that's like, but like what that looks like is like very different, like to someone who's 90 compared to someone who's like 20, as an example. Um, if someone was like everyone should do this exercise, or like I'll use myself as an example where. Uh, Robert Oberst, the strongman who was on Joe Rogan, he mm-hmm. had a very viral video that went out that was like, you should never do deadlifts. 
Um, yeah. And that, that was one that I responded as a person who like anybody who listens to my podcast for long enough knows that I love deadlifts. So obviously I had to respond um, that the never comment was just like not nuanced enough. And that like, maybe there was a good point that existed there, but it wasn't nuanced enough to be taken with like real fact. Um, I don't know if you saw the video or not, but that like became, that was huge for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I knew immediately it was going to be a problem. That was going to be like, people are going to have things to say. Yeah, I think it was yeah. like, I heard, I heard he, so I really like Robert Ogres though, even though he's like, I thought that was a bad take, but I, I've seen his other content and he seems like a small guy, but um, yeah, no, always or never. I kind of agree with you that like, if someone's like, never eat this fruit or like, you have to be eating only this shake or like whatever, or drinking only the shake, like that's kind of a red flag because I think in the nutrition and fitness world, there's very few things that are like absolute across all populations. All people can relate to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one I like to use is I agree that everyone should be eating the vegetables. <laughs> um, that's something that is a blanket statement and it's going to be true for humans because we know there's very good evidence that you should be eating your vegetables, but I'm not going to tell someone everyone always has to eat uh, cauliflower. And if someone is allergic to cauliflower, obviously it doesn't apply to them. So there's not a way that I could say everyone has to eat the same diet, but there's general patterns. Right. So, if something, is, I mean? so if something is broad, you might be able to make an always or never statement. Like mm -hmm. all people should like go for walks for their health is probably fine for the most part, mm -hmm. um, or like something like e always eating your vegetables. But if you were to make that claim more specific, like always, everyone should be eating like three servings of cauliflower a day for their health. Like that's probably a sign that they're selling something. So maybe, maybe in the broad sense, we could use always or never, but not with very specific claims. Exactly. So even with this red flag that I gave, there's still nuance to it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, one of the things that's really important too, is that people who are in the industry have been in the industry for a long time and like do research, like they have nuance. Like a lot of the times, like the people that I respect the most have to give the unfortunate answer that doesn't satisfy anybody, which is it depends. It depends. Um, or the famous two words, the famous two words to every question. And it's unfortunate that, you know, even when I'll be in like clubhouse rooms or like someone will ask me something online, a lot of the times it's like, I honestly just don't know enough information about you to like, like send me a message, we'll figure it out. But like, I, if someone, I think someone asked me like, what is the best way to train? And I was like, I just can't, I just can't answer that question. I just like, don't know. Not. Like, that's just so broad that like, there's, there's, I just, I couldn't even narrow it down kind of like, there would be so many different ways of focusing on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I run into that too. And I tell people, I, if you come into my DMS, you ask me a question, my answer is going to be, it depends probably. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, I have to ask you like 10 more questions so I can answer your yeah. one question where like, I just, yeah. And that's like, I think a sign of like, a like a, a person who could be considered an expert in the field is that like, you just can't give those blanket statements. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And also I think a good point, I, you said something that reminded me of this earlier, but um, even your most favorite people online, whether it's a coach or an influencer or whatever, they can be wrong and still be a good coach. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. it's absolutely very, yeah, it's very possible for someone to still really give good information that, but they've been wrong about something in the past. 
yeah, I, I was going to say, actually, there was, there's a guy who um, I want to ask, I'm, I'm hoping to get him on a future podcast episode. I want to say his name is Dan Feldman, but he, like powerlifter dietitian, I think is his name. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I'll find out. But okay. uh, he was wrong about like, he puts out a lot of studies and he like references and he's like very like evidence-based and I really like his stuff. But he uh, was wrong on a post and like about sodium intake and like people called him out on it. And like, he was like, listen, I was incorrect. Like I, he mentioned in his stories, he like took down the post and like recorrected it with the correct information. And I was like, I have like more respect for you now because a lot of people like will just get called out and like, that's just the end of it. Um, and that I thought I, I like, if anything, like acknowledging that he made a mistake in my eyes gave him like more credibility and I'm much more likely to take him seriously in the future as opposed to someone who like maybe was debunked or was like definitely proven wrong with like a ton of evidence and they just like doubled down. I think that's like the, um, I, I have a lot of respect for, I think it's great when like people can point out when they're mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I saw that post, that sodium post and that's the thing, like he's willing to be wrong. Yeah. That's and I think that, that it's a sign that he's growing. It's a sign that he can and, like, I, you know, for future posts, he's going to make sure that he really has the information down, right? Because he wants to be correct with the stuff. And, um, you know, you got to give him a lot of credibility. Like if anything, like more of his posts, I will give like more credit to, because I know that he's going to put the work in to make sure it's correct. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I agree with you, like back to like the misinformation people, they don't seem to do that. If anything, they seem to like double down, um, despite like being shown evidence or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, doubling down is a big one. Um, so I have one more to add to those red flags. Please, yes. And lastly, that is using only anecdote or their personal experience as their like only piece of evidence and their only um, their only criteria for them being right. Because yes. anecdote is <laughs> not always trustworthy. Our perception of what we experience isn't always based in reality. Again, that's just a normal human thing. Doesn't mean you're a bad person, but there are other confounding factors and that's why we use studies to take out the confounding factors. Yes, I think that's really important to, to acknowledge as well is that like, it's unfortunate, but anecdotes don't tell us as much as we would like them to think. Um, because at the end of the day, like I'll just use myself as an example you know, I got myself to like a 500 pound deadlift and there was a, you know, a training style that I did for that, that worked really well for me. I can't really go like, Hey, Adrian, like just use my training to get yourself to a 500 pound deadlift because we're just different people. We'll react to training differently. We're at different starting points. Um, and that you see this a lot though, with like people who advocate for different diets or different cleanses, like, Hey, I did this. I lost this much weight or I'm this much healthier after this much time. If you take this, you can do it too. Um, people are just too nuanced for that, unfortunately. And that um, anecdotal evidence, it's great that that one person did that thing and it made them feel better, whatever it might've been, but it, we can't really extrapolate that to like the rest of the population. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what non-experts get confused with is that their experience isn't, you know, there were other things that could have correlated the two things, but it doesn't mean that it caused it. So like correlation versus causation. Right. 
where, and a really good example of this is spot reduction because on TikTok, again, this is something that is huge on TikTok is people posting videos of, this is how I got my waist to shrink. Um, this is how I got rid of, you know, how like different body parts have their little catchy phrases. I don't like using them because I think they're ridiculous, but like sure. bat wings or spare tire, all those ridiculous things. Um, and I did these exercises to get rid of that fat. But it's like, okay, I'm not saying you're a liar and I'm sure you probably did lose that fat in that area, but you lost overall fat. And it wasn't because of the exercises, it was because you lost body fat and you were being more active, you changed your diet. That was why you got that result. But they're spinning yeah. it like it was the, you know, kickbacks or whatever it was that they did. Yeah, and, and there's no reason to believe like, even if you took that, training regiment, whatever they did to another person that like, they would even lose weight in the first place. Right. Like everyone's going to be mm -hmm. so different and like where you, if you do lose weight, like where you would lose it. And like, also if you can keep it off, which is like a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, like, unfortunately, like anecdotes, they resonate with a lot of people, but unfortunately we just can't say that they are good information. So I wrote down what your notes were. I think, you know, um, responsive to critics, if they have a big secret, uh, they use buzzwords or jargon, if they use the terms always or never for very specific claims, or if they only use anecdotes or personal experience, which I think are all really good. I think that's a really good way to figure out like, is this legit or is this something that we have to question a little bit more? So those are all awesome. I appreciate you having that list ready. Um, where can people find you and see like how kind of like you bust misinformation or, you know, if they want to see more evidence-based stuff online, where is the best places to reach you at? Yeah, I am on Instagram at Adrian Bear with two R's at the end. Uh, and then on TikTok, Adrian.herg, uh, H-E-R-G. And yeah, join me on there for more myth busting. I also love taking questions. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I've asked you questions in the past too, and you've been like super responsive and you have really good content. Um, yeah. I just want to say thanks for coming on the podcast. This is great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of who's lifting today.